Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In this episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest talks about 80% of sales success is deal management and 20% is sales methodology. He provides solutions to help streamline the closing phase of the sales process. We also talked about the sales process and how it's become less relevant. And the focus, he agrees with me, is more on the buying process, the go-to-market strategies that teams use, but focusing on how your buyers want to buy and the whole um, project management relationship building process that you need behind that all of this will avoid revenue slipperage you're going to love this interview my next guest is ceo of joint flows a former professional gymnast with 10 years developing his career from marketing specialist to BD, AE, sales director, VP of sales, and now CEO. Welcome to Scale Yourself podcast, Mike Bossett. Hi, Janice. <laughs> it's uh, really good to talk to you. I've been doing some research on you, and so I, I, I know you've got some incredible Let's kind of go back and uh, uh, talk about one of the things that I thought was really incredible that I heard you say was that 80% of success is deal management and 20% is sales methodology. And I thought that was, wow, that's something I really need to um, talk to you about. So can you explain that further from your experience and what you see in the field? It will be for our listeners to hear this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the, <clears throat> the idea behind this is that you've got two, um, two exercises essentially within, a, within the forecasting world. The first one is managing the deals over the line, uh, dealing with the moving parts, dealing with the milestone, dealing with the stakeholders, the documents, to review the teams to align. And the second part of, of um, forecasting is essentially your sales methodology. So you've got a, a whole set of methodologies you can choose from, um, you know, value selling, uh, winning by design, medic, medic. If you zoom out and you look at how much each of these uh, concepts, aspects of forecasting is impacting your ability to actually be accurate at it and, and predictable, you'll see that the, the, the chunk, the, 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 the share line of the work is about managing the deals of the line as opposed to sticking to a sales methodology. The reason for that is if you don't have a sales methodology, you can still 
enables and you can still get a contract signed. And to uh, to to uh, to bring a little bit of uh, of examples to uh, to the statement, very often you're going to have a sales team of people who have been promoted internally and uh, have been part of the setup of that uh, the incumbent sales methodology. And you would have people who have been hired from uh, from other companies, and they come in with uh, a knowledge of, of a different sales methodology. So sometimes you've got sales teams with several sales methodologies uh, doing well. So obviously it's not about the sales methodology. It's about your ability to project manage complex deals or a lot of moving parts over the line which enable you to then forecast accurately. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the focus when you do deal reviews, reviews or even deal analysis is, is about who you speak to, how many stakeholders are involved, on the sales process and whether you're completing specific milestones in a logical order. So do you think that this has developed in the last, well, post-pandemic or in the last five years? Why do you think that the focus really is in the management of the deal and all the moving parts and stakeholders? Why has that come about that there's less of a focus on the sales methodology and the actual process that you you've created to take your buyers through uh threefold the first one is most of the the sales process the buying process has already happened when you get in contact with your potential buyer so there's a lot of um a lot of of of, of the buying happening outside of your control the second is only five percent of the sales process is done between the buyer and the seller. So 95% of the activities are done outside of what you've got control over. And the first, the third, uh, the third aspect is over the last two or three years, the the progress has become increasingly harder. So you've got way more stakeholders now involved in the decision process and the signature process of uh, a new piece of software if we speak about uh, uh, software sales and uh, it's moved from you know 12 to now being around 30 uh, 30 people mark and it's obviously becoming more and more about project management because the the buyers you're speaking to already have a fairly good understanding about what you're doing and your sales process is no longer relevant this is a little bit controversial but it's really about, it's very much about the buying process now and deal management is about plugging your milestones into a buying process to make that process as smooth and as quick as possible a lot of things where a lot of the time where i see sales team go wrong is when they're essentially being dismissive of the fact that the buyer is already uh, knowledgeable about the, 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 your offering and you think you have to start the conversation from scratch. I'm not saying skip the discovery code, skip the demo, skip the business case, but you have to pick up your buyer from where that stands in terms of their understanding of your product and then enable essentially that last mile, last two miles of, of the buying process. 
I absolutely love what you have to say for a long time. I'm often talking about the sales process is irrelevant. And if you think about, we've been living with, you know, seven step sales process the last 50 years. <laughs> There's a lot that's happened and changed that. And, we, and one of my views is that the sales stack has got so big and so cumbersome that has just created more complication with the buyer we're forgetting the whole point is it's supposed to be making it easy and simple for the buyer that you know we have this process and and the stack is plugging the holes because it's an inefficient process that's not really relevant and i love what you say that it is all about the buying process that should be where the focus are. that's what we should be talking about so yeah explain more about the buying process and plugging some of the holes that you you mentioned yeah, so I guess this is where the, the, the biggest difficulty is, is when you're when you're in an innovative space like, like ourselves, um, the buying process might not be structured yet. You might be the first vendor to actually create that process. And that's when usually the friction happens because your your the default is to essentially push for your sales process to happen. But the buyer is on is onto something, and 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 they need to stick to a direction, and uh, that's that's a requirement for them. So, if you look at how it works, the best salespeople will spend a lot of time mapping this out, understanding previous experiences, understanding whether there are similarity within the, the the current tech stack with what you're selling, and then essentially comportment bringing creating little buckets of um, actions milestones to achieve that are similar or similar enough to what you guys uh, to what your team needs to achieve as well and then it's about identifying what's missing and providing guidance to the buyer on the best way to move to move forward based on your experience the buyers I think are still expecting you to guide um, the, the the buying process or the sales process to a to a certain extent but it has to be aligned with what they need to achieve internally in order to de-risk the decision process and make sure that diligence is done so that the rollout of your technology is is efficient and the return on investment is quick I think it's quite interesting with what you say because it's almost like it's a change of mindset as well. It's rather than we, we've got all the answers, uh, you know, and we have the process. So you're following our lead as opposed to the it's more a co-creation, negotiation, consultancy mindset. In I don't have all the answers, but I can actually help you along the journey to yeah. actually get to where you want to be anyway. I have a certain amount of experience that I can bring to the table, de-risk the, the deal and, and information and so forth. But the, they've got to bring something to the table as well. They're not expecting you to hand it on the plate. They want to be involved in the process. Would you say that's true? Uh, absolutely. And I think the word the word process is is wrong. <laughs> you know, a process by definition is a set of tasks which happen in a specific order. And it means it means having that it's very binary right so it's either you're within the process or you're outside of the process and it's no longer how it works because the, the, as i said like 
the people you're selling into the companies you're selling are aware and have done a lot of the pre-work for you to be there to be there to start with so your process is irrelevant you, you have to understand where they stand and you have to then put a plan together to bridge that gap well i think is a little bit complicated with the current tech stack and what is mainstream if you speak about you know the crm tools for instance is you don't have a data set which is built around this approach so you have essentially two um two attributes within your crm system you've got your uh, forecast category so uh, best case pipeline upside commit and then you've got a set of stages which are uh, usually a one-way system so you move from stage one to stage two to stage three to stage four but it's no longer it's no longer about the process as we said it's really about stakeholder management and milestone management task management if you're in a sales process mindset then no one will ever fit within strictly within your sales process and therefore you always have a lot of surprises because it's, it's never fit for purpose because things are changing stakeholder information is available if you look at it from a deal management viewpoint stakeholder document um, task milestone management then it really doesn't matter when things are happening and or, or in which order things are happening if you look at it from a as a jigsaw as a, as a puzzle you know as long as you've got all the pieces and as long as they all break together you will finish the puzzle and we, you will complete the deal but if you and, and there's many ways to actually do that puzzle right? there's not just one way you've got thousands of combinations of of uh, of ways to actually breaks break those those uh pieces together the sales process doesn't allow you to sales process is very rigid and because it's very rigid it's very against what the buyer is 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 currently experiencing or or is needing to progress the opportunity yeah i love that i love that so tell me more about joint flow how it orchestrates and automates complex sales process yeah so if you look at how deals are managed at the moment you see that a lot of the complexity happens during the second half of the sales process right just to make it to make it accessible for everyone but the second half of the relationship that buying relationship and is very is very activity heavy is very project management heavy it's about speaking to as many people as 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 you can that, that are relevant for the purchase understanding their needs understanding their pains mapping this out against the solution and then doing the due diligence and effectively salespeople who are doing fairly, fairly sophisticated deals don't have a system which enables them to project manage those moving parts you've got crm systems you've got sales engagement tools you've got signature system but managing the complexity prioritization aligning aligning stakeholders internally and externally happens manually and because it happens manually it's prone to errors and because it's prone to errors a lot of um, collateral um uh, side effects happen so forecasting is is, is difficult uh, being accurate at it is virtually impossible uh, avoiding friction 
impossible as well. Avoiding discounting, you know, is, <laughs> this has become a very standard tactic, unfortunately, to uh, to bring deals over the line, and this damages this damages the the, the business quite badly. And joint flows essentially enables you to map out those individual workflows, and very often they follow the same structure. So one of the problems that we tackle is nothing is documented. The top of the funnel things are documented. So prospecting, getting to a to a discovery call, everything is quite structured. Um, but everything past that point is very manual. So we document those processes, we create templates essentially based on specific milestones, which incorporate the internal workflows. And then you activate joint flows to essentially bring that puzzle together based on what the client needs. It might be that they need to go through a questionnaire, it might be that they need to do uh, 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 an executive alignment. But for you, it's just a simple click that brings the workflow in and then everything is automated, everything is anticipated. And what's really important with joint flows is we open up a new data set which, which complements what is currently in the market, whether uh, provided by the forecasting tool or the CRM tools, about operational efficiency, about your ability to accelerate, maintain, and um, improve the existing workflows to identify bottlenecks. It's very much of, of a project management tool, but for sales people doing sophisticated, which is which is missing at the moment. So where does it sit? Does it sit on the side of the CRM system? How does that information, or is it quite separate? We, you know, we we use joint flow, and and we don't need, we don't have a need for the other um, uh, platforms. How does it all work within the sales operation? So we sit on top of Salesforce. Uh, okay. Alongside the, the sales engagement and the forecasting tools. Um, we we were born on um, the closing phase of the sales process, op essentially optimizing, orchestrating those those um, reviews, the 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 stakeholder alignment, the team alignment, and there's more and more of a need from our clients to actually help them with essentially anything post discovery call and anything post signature as well. So handover, client handover implementation are extremely project heavy. So it's, it's, you have to be a good project manager now in sales in order to be efficient. And your sales process is no longer relevant. It's really your ability to identify, okay, what are the milestones that needs to be achieved? Who needs to sign this off? And then how do we get this over the line as quickly as possible with as, as little friction as possible? Joint flows does that automatically. Right, right, fantastic. That's really interesting. Okay, let's um, talk a bit about the experience of buyers and customers and how that impacts um, sales. Um, I know that you know you've 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 talked about um, how important it is to have the you know to to um, develop relationships with the customers and 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 manage the deals. But let's talk about how that impacts sales. What's your view? It's at the end of the day, you're, you're selling to people and the people you're selling have to trust you. And not only they have to trust you, but they have to trust and materialize your ability to solve their problem. So 
if you don't have a good relationship with with your buyers or your buying committee or uh, your buyers managers, then you don't have a deal. You, you you don't even have a relationship to start with. What's really difficult is being able to understand what this person is trying to avoid as a negative consequence of uh, the inaction. So the jolt effect, you know, is is, is all over works uh, at the moment. But it's very true that if you if you're not on a good relationship at personal level with your buyers then the risk of action is almost greater than the risk of inaction and the fear of messing up is is very much is very much here so you have to de-risk it's about de-risking it's about de-risking the decision and it's about de-risking the the, the adoption at the end of the day and if you want to do that you have to be on a level of uh relationship with with the people you're selling to which is uh which is open and uh, which is which is very uh very seedful. Right. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So tell me about the turnaround of internal tasks, um, how that can be increased by ensuring that the processes are more automated. Because I'm trying to work out if, if processes can be more automated, how the project management system and the templates that you have and every situation is uniquely different so how how do you map all of that to make sure that the sales cycle is faster i think they are uniquely different if you're not close enough to the moving parts if you zoom out then yeah each situation is very different if you start breaking down what's happening within each situation, you actually have a set of similarities ordered in a different way with different stakeholders. So as soon as you, you have this in mind and as soon as you see your deals with this angle and all the deals are the same, they're, they're, they're virtually all the same, ordered in a, different, in a different way with different stakeholders, job titles involved. But the systems you have in place at the moment doesn't they don't allow you to see that. They, they just don't allow it's too opaque, it's it's too structured, it's too rigid. If you zoom out, I'm sorry, if you zoom in and if you start looking at oh actually this milestone is the exact same milestone as I did on uh, deal X and that milestone is the exact same milestone as I did on deal Y, and I've got a hundred clients or tens of clients, you've probably gone through the whole set of, of things that need to happen in the most complex deal, you know, if you had to bring all the milestones together. So it's really just about orchestrating them and bringing them in a, in a, in a logical way. And that's what we do internally. We, we never speak about deals as a stage in Salesforce or, or in, on our CRM platform or a forecast category. We speak about the number of milestones we achieve the number of stakeholders we've got relationship with and how good are we at understanding what solution we bring to them specifically based on their KPIs. So there's a lot of gap selling and then this is mapped out to, to very, very specific deliverables. And then we just, we just tick the boxes, we just, we just 
check the list basically uh, as fast as we can. We've got the ability to do that because we use a different data set. Right, yeah. I'm really interested about your role over the last 10 years you've you've involved from like marketing specialists and now CEO. So the last role, VP of sales, director of sales, now into the, stepping into the CEO role. How, how has your world changed for you? What's uniquely different where your focus is? I think that something funny happened over the last six, six months, really. Um, I was for the first time um, at least on the buying side, so myself buying technology, and I was exposed to other company sales processes as, as a buyer. And really, you know, there's, there's that saying, you know, sales is broken. Uh, I, I think it's, it's broken, but I think we broke it. <laughs> <laughs> and we we have to take responsibility for for fixing it basically and and we broke it because we've not evolved with um at the same pace as the 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 level of information which is accessible for for buyers we're still very much in an old school traditional sales process which has to be ticked for for your own benefits right there's no benefits uh, for the buyer really on 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 forecasting on if if you look at what the value is for the buyers to be asked all of these questions, nothing. It's for you to fill out your CRM so that you've got peace of mind on what you're going to come to the board. And I think this is wrong. I think you have to look at it as extreme buyer centricity and information convenience. And if you do that, then your mindset will shift. And you will not force your methodology onto the prospect. You will not force your sales process on, onto the prospect. You will understand. You will understand where they are, and you will just do that last night. And that's what that's what that's what is driving us from a corporate point to actually keep on building joint flows and, and and spreading the word because it's much simpler. Forecasting becomes extremely easy because you are literally managing tasks and. The only level of complexity is really about mapping it out, but it's simpler for the buyer. So they actually play the game way more than if they have to go through your sales process so that you can then report internally on what's happening. So it sounds like that's a real com campaign of yours. <laughs> yeah. Easier to to for salespeople to do their their job, but they've you know we've got the platform for it. If this it's is difficult. Where it's going. Yeah, if it's difficult for you to sell, it's, it's probably very, very difficult for your buyers to buy, right? Well, that's the Gartner research, isn't it? How much more difficult it is for buyers to buy. And yeah, yeah there's got to be an answer um, for this. Yeah, so stop stop thinking about your your needs and start, start focusing on, on what the buyer needs. And, and, and you'll see often it's, it's much more simple than it seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my last question is, if you're on a desert island your own, what's the one thing you take with you? Uh, probably a satellite phone, um, just to call someone to come and pick me up, uh, or a lighter, or, or something that, that helps me survive. Uh, so you, you don't want to be on your own then, Mike, is on, on a desert island, you know, bit of a respite, no? That no, I'm not. 
I don't do too well on my own. I, I like I like to be surrounded with people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've got your satellite phone. We're taking you off the desert <laughs> island. There's a lot of people that would love that. That would find it quite ideal, but but not you, Mike. <laughs> no, I'll miss I'll miss my wife and my kids. I think. All right. Okay. Well, we'll give you that. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge. I was really keen to talk to you because I think that. Um, you know, there's there's lots of areas where we align on scale yourselves in terms of really focusing on on the buyer. But I really love that you've got an answer to this, a practical answer uh, to this. So uh, thank you so much for sharing um, your your experience and knowledge. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Yourself podcast, Mike. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the captioned show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.